Welcome to this Thursday evening meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. This evening's message is by Paul Abel. Well, obviously, we need to pick up from what God was doing on Sunday. Yes, amen, amen, amen. Wasn't that amazing? Awesome. Yeah. The outpouring of God. So we had people saved, people delivered, people healed, and people filled. That's the gospel. Hallelujah. And it's time to be seeing that every time we meet. Every time. Hallelujah. Anyone here not saved? (laughs) Ah, no, you all, you're all saved. Don't someone want to backslide for a minute? I could call you forward. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything illuminated, this is where I was, read, I read from on Sunday, becomes a light. We are a light because God shines on us. Yes. He is the light of the world. We become the light of the world because of the brightness of him shining upon us, and we become a city on a hill that Come people on. can see. Yes. So when the next bit says, wake up, sleeper, yes. if you remember, I was saying on Sunday that it's probably from a very early Christian hymn. That's what most people think it is, that he's quoting, because he's quite obviously quoting, and it doesn't quite fit Isaiah. If he was going to quote Isaiah, he would have probably just quoted it. So he's probably writing a song that's got Isaiah in mind, just like we do when we write songs, and you think, oh, yeah, yeah. wake up, sleeper. So you're singing it over the person going, who's going to go into the water because without Christ we are dead. I mean, we're obviously not physically dead. People are still walking around. But compared to the life of Christ flowing something, they're just dead. We have life. And that's why people should be getting saved and delivered and healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Because where we step, we take life, we take light. Wake up, sleeper. So it's a word. I mean, you can... Certainly address it to the church where the church is sleeping, as in a sense of you're not, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing. But really, this sounds like wake up sleeper from the dead, because of the context of the, because what it says there is wake up sleeper, rise from the dead. It's a, it's a, it's a cry over our town here. It's our cry over Yorkshire. Wake up sleeper! Rise from the dead! And Christ will shine on you. Because we're not special in that sense. This is for the world. This is for everybody who turns to Jesus that they could shine brightly. No matter how dark their world has got before that moment. Or no matter how dark you are right now, to be honest. Because the light of Christ outshines everything. And we looked at what Paul said about making the most of every opportunity. Be very careful then. See to it, says Paul in the actual Greek. See to it, diligently see to it, that um, you live not as unwise but as wise. The unwise live according to what they feel like or what they've worked out. They live, the unwise live according to human intellect only rather than listening to the voice of God and studying his word. The wise people are those that say, hang on a minute, this is God's wisdom. This changes everything. 
This is not just a book of wise words from humankind. Although even if you took it as that, it would be an amazing book. Written over thousands of years with such incredible consistency of wisdom and direction and what's going on. If this wasn't a divine book, it would be a miracle anyway. Just from the reading of it. just You've got peasants and kings and prophets and shepherds and fishermen and all these different sorts of people all writing separately, separated by years. And yet there's this consistent message. You know, somebody sometimes somebody says, "Well, what about the inconsistencies in the Bible or the or the bits where it disagree?" Well, firstly, the first question is to say, "Well, where are they?" <laughs> but secondly, what about all the bits that do over two thousand years or so of preparation? Isn't that miraculous? You'd expect a few more differences. <laughs> There are a couple, there are a few, but usually it's just things like people say, well, it says this in one gospel and it says this in another gospel. It's because they are eyewitness accounts. And if you stand over there and I stand over here, what grabs your attention is different. That's why they're so real. That's why they're so alive. They're not, somebody didn't sit down and, and try and write a technical essay on the life of Jesus. They just wrote down what they'd seen and what they had heard. And of course, they did come from a culture which was trained to see and listen and remember. We don't have that. We have phones. <laughs> it's, uh, it's for certain that people remember less and less and less now because they keep, they keep the things that are essential to remember in their phone and then their brain can just be empty. <laughs> but they didn't have iPhones in the first century AD. don't know if that's Revelation. But... Their tablets. Oh, oh! <laughs> it's a good job we are a church, so we have to forgive you. <laughs> we'll shoot you later, though. But <clears throat> they were trained from very young to remember, and so their, their minds were remarkable. And they would be trained in scripture, of course, as well, to remember everything very, very exactly. It was a very different time. So that makes, when we do have these accounts, they are so much more accurate than what you would get from modern people because we take photos rather than try to remember. When was the last time you gave a description of somebody rather than said, oh, well, they look like this? We probably haven't even got the skills to accurately describe somebody anymore because we never do it anymore. We don't have to. It's the same with a lot of things. Spelling, it will go out the window because something corrects it for you. Praise the Lord for spell checks. But, you know, it does, it corrects it for you. Mental arithmetic, it's the same thing. Why bother? I've got it. You know, it's a, it, it, there's skills there that, uh, if, that they're still taught, but they're not used every day. So they, they're, they're much more rusty than they would have been in the past. It doesn't mean we're more stupid than the past. It just means we have different skills. I'm not saying that at all. But these people were like that. They'd have had remarkable memories for accuracy and what they'd seen and what Jesus said and what he did. And so you get this wonderful book brought together. And it's a book that causes everywhere to wake up, rise from the dead, and let Christ shine on us. Can you imagine right now this town just like daylight in the middle of the night just because of the sheer brightness of God shining on every person? Isn't that a great picture? You know, it's dark out there right now, but imagine everybody so full of God 
you could, you could almost see it in the physical, that sort of brightness of God lighting up a town. Light shining into dark corners <coughs> and chasing out the darkness. Oh, it'd be so great. It's going to happen. It's what we're here for. We're part of that. That's why God is saying right now, make the most of every opportunity. I wonder how many of you have had an opportunity this week, did, or more than one opportunity. We've had more than one day. We've had more than one hour. Opportunities can just come and come and come. Did you, were you in the, in the, in the spur of the moment, did you make the most of it? Probably some, some, sometimes and some not times. And some of those, there's those ones where the person's walked off and you always think, I've got such a good argument right now. <laughs> Well, that's fairly normal. We're rusty. It's not a skill we've had. We haven't been making the most of every opportunity. So we're a bit rusty. We've got to learn to ride our bikes of making the most of every opportunity. And maybe we will fall off a few times. And quite sometimes the opportunity would have gone past and you thought, I could have. You know, that's going to happen. That's all right. The I could have means you've recognized it a little belatedly. So next time... You're going to be balancing a little bit better, and you won't fall off. Hallelujah. Do you believe me? Yeah. Oh, this, this is the time. God didn't pour out his spirit on Sunday so a few people could lie around on the floor so that Joyce's limbs could go funny. <laughs> Even when I was talking to her later, she's still sort of slightly speaking strange. <laughs> she wasn't the only one. But God doesn't do that, just say, oh, that's fun, let's do that some more. He does that to enable us to live as he's called us to live. In holiness and righteousness, making the most of every opportunity. Let me ask you a question. Just think about this for a minute. What comes first, worship or mission? I don't know what the answer is. I just asked it. (laughs) I think if you look at God, Josh is probably the closest. It's just part of who he is. The first thing he did was mission. He created an earth for people to live in. There was no mission before there were no people. So he created people and he walked in the garden with them. And then as soon as they fell away from him, his plan is beginning to roll into action. He's after them. His nature is love, and love reaches out. So I, I don't think it's a question of what is first, it's just what we are as a people. You know, the most important thing of church is not Sunday morning, but is it a really important thing that we do? Yes, it's an essential thing that we do, but it's no less essential than making the most of every opportunity. Because that's God's nature that people hear. This is just leading us into the place where God wants us to be for worship, and then we're going to pray We'll go back to here in Ephesians when we come to pray a little bit later on for those opportunities. But notice the important thing about these opportunities is they are people who are not getting drunk on wine. They're getting drunk, filled on the Holy Spirit. There's, there's, there's a, a sense of not being in control, not because the Holy Spirit takes over, because that would be like turning us into robots and he doesn't ever take away our free will. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, if you are filled in an attitude of I surrender completely to you by free will, by my choice, 
That's why things happen that you think, well, I didn't make that happen. That was the Holy Spirit. So you can't tell me the Holy Spirit didn't make me do anything. He made you do something because you've allowed him to. And if you, not, if you noticed, if you were looking at what God was doing on Sunday, it was like there was people through the word were beginning to give permission for the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And we opened up to that he can manifest amongst us however he wants. Amen? So, making the most of every opportunity as a people who are filled with the Spirit. And then, of course, it says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God our Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, mission comes before worship. But I don't think that's necessarily a pattern. It just can be any order. It's a bit like the Trinity. It's all happening together. The worship should be missional. There should be the opportunity for the people for coming for the very first time to know what we're about and experience God in that. When we go out on the streets, if we do that kind of a mission... If you like, that's our worship because we're saying, I'm laying down my life, Lord, because I want people to see Jesus. Yeah? Okay. You're with me. I also like here, it says, speaking to one another. There's there's that assumed that the songs and the psalms will be when there's gatherings. It's not just an individual thing. And it's not just an individual thing when we're talking making the most of every opportunity. It is for us, just as if we're in a room full of people worshipping and we're just twiddling our thumbs waiting for something to happen. You won't have the encounter that you were hoping for because you've got to choose to be with everybody else. So mission is an individual thing. You choose to do it, but then mission is something where we make the most of every opportunity together. Let's do this together. This person's got a great thing. Is it, is it from God? We think it's from God. Let's do it together. We, it, it's it's going to be a day of a... The, the days are coming now when there'll be a lot more... I don't mean independence by this word. Uh, a lot more autonomy. It'd be like house churches will have a vision and a passion to do something and they'll do it. You know, we've got a lot of um, organized things such as community angels. It's, it's quite organized in what it does. It does a great work. People, more people are being trained to do that. We need to keep doing these things. But there's also the things where neighbors just get involved with neighbors. And sometimes that's the powerful, powerful thing. There are, there is, those of us sitting here right now, and certainly on a Sunday as well, that can do things and reach people that, that we, as a big thing, can't. Because it's just people connecting with people. People want to hear from people like themselves. The best person to see people saved where you live is you. Because you live there. It's, it's an engaging with your neighbours. And getting to know them. I have a list up at home because I forget their names all the time. So I have to write a list and keep the list so I can remind myself. Because you know what it's like with neighbours. You sometimes don't see them for ages. They're hiding in their house probably from me. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's just do one thing before we, we get into that place of worship. I was going to read this bit as well. Two little bits, actually. As you come to him, that's what we're doing, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also... 
like living stones. You also chosen by God and precious to him. We just have to remind ourselves of that sometimes, especially if you have a bad day where you're tempted and perhaps even give in to. We give in, most of us, every day to something. You can be tempted not to think that you're chosen anymore or that you're not precious anymore. That is never, ever taken away. If it was, God would have never made the clothes for Adam and Eve in the first place. If sin meant we were permanently cut from God, we wouldn't be here today because God would have let Adam and Eve have an eternity without him. It would have been they've done wrong, they've got it wrong, they've blown it, they're gone. Had enough of them. I'm never having anything to do with humankind again. But he didn't because we are all precious. Like precious stones chosen by him. It's not a license to do whatever we want, but it's a license to know that he's got what he wants. Us. Precious. You also, like living stones, are being built, here it is, Brian, into a spiritual house. God is in the house. It's not just God's presence in this building. God's in us. We are his home. We are his house, his oikos, his family home. I think it's Oikos. His family home to be a pre- holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ, Jesus Christ. What we're going to give right now is an offering. We fortunately don't have to bring some animal. It's just us that we're bringing. This is an offering to him. It's not a, you know, well, if I hang back a little bit, I'll see if the spirit's really moving, and then I join in. When we begin, we are of the mature now here, that we just worship straight away. You know, so often, um, it, and this is not, it's not a bad thing, and sometimes we do it on a, but on a Sunday morning, you, we very often, almost every time, will start with a, some kind of loud song. It's, and it's, it's a rejoicing in the courtyard. We're together. This is awesome. It's a Thanksgiving place. It's where the sacrifice was made. It's, it's, it's where the blood was shed. It's where forgiveness was obtained. It's meeting up with your friends. Hi, Shona. Praise God. He's here. It's a courtyard time of praise. But, and then from that, we tend to go through into the holy place and into the most holy place. But with the maturing God, it's not to say that that is lesser, but you can go straight into the holy place because you know that you're chosen. You know that you're precious. You know that you're washed clean. So you don't have to wait until you feel right. Even if you feel terrible, it's like, well, I can go straight through into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And God doesn't think like, what do you think you're playing at? Did you see what you did today? I want you on your face for 10 minutes, 17 Hail Marys and 19 Our Fathers, and I might let you in. Might. You can just go in. Acknowledging that the blood of Jesus has done everything. I mean, it's a right cheat, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's like we don't deserve it or something. Oh, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't deserve it. Do you know why sometimes you feel like, I don't deserve this? Because you don't. <laughs> so you know why sometimes you feel like, I don't know if I'm acceptable in who I am before God? You're right. You're just correct. But in Jesus, the precious stone is revealed. And we worship in a minute. It's bang. We're in there. 
By the blood of Christ I come. Oh, hallelujah. Don't, don't. If, when you have your quiet times and your times with God, you don't have to spend, you know, ages getting yourself sorted before God. I mean, it's always good to start with asking God to forgive you and remembering the blood of Jesus, and then you walk through the curtain. You don't need to waste a load of time getting holy enough because you've been made holy. That's, 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 that's legalism. Religious thinking in the wrong way. The true religious thinking says, my religion says, Jesus has forgiven me. I'm washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. I am his child and I can go into the room with my father. I can even dance with the Trinity. (laughs) A little bit more. Because what God is doing is what God always does when you start reading his word and you start preaching his word. Faith rises up. And we don't warm ourselves up into worship. We just go into worship to encounter God. God will be filling you with the Holy Spirit from the minute you stand to worship God, if you want. He's doing it right now, if you want. He's not waiting for you to get properly holy. He really, 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 really isn't. You know, there's a good... When, if, if you ever do quiet prayer, I was praying... In silence today. And, you know, I was sitting down. You say, well, you say, don't sit down. I'm talking about when we're together corporately. I'm on my own. I'm, I'm at home. I'm sitting down in, my, in a comfortable place to spend some time with Jesus. I was using the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. I wasn't praying it out loud, though. It was just in my head. What was I doing? Just spending time in the presence of God. Why were you losing, using that prayer again and again? So that my mind focused on God and not on all the other stuff that I had to do. So was that vain repetition? Vain repetition is when the repetition is in vain. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> in other words, it was what the pagans did when they would babble on to their gods, thinking that if I do it enough times, just like those old prophets of Elijah, uh, that were with Elijah, you know, going round the... Wanting the sacrifice to be set alight, dancing and slitted, slit, cutting themselves and all chanting all that stuff. That was vain repetition. It didn't matter how much they cut themselves or how many times they prayed. Nothing was going to happen. That's, that, that was a pagan worship. That's what it means. Why do Christians get so scared of these things? Well, I might have done the wrong thing. Well, then you're forgiven. Get back up again. The Holy Spirit is not skittish. Oh, they've offended the Holy Spirit. He's left the building. If the Holy Spirit was offended, he would have left this planet thousands of years ago. (laughs) If the Holy Spirit was offended, he would never come to this building ever. Because there's always people here that have done something wrong. All week it's full of people who've sinned. Including Sundays. It's the nature of humankind. That's why Jesus fixed it. Until it's completely fixed. You've been saved. You are being saved. And you will be saved. When Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. When we spend eternity with him. Hallelujah. But you. Jumping down to verse 9. If you're following me. I'm in 1 Peter 2. But I don't, maybe you guessed. I don't think I ever said. But you are a chosen people. Why is there a but? Because he's just been talking about the people who stumbled over Jesus because they can't believe who he is. Who he is. They stumble because they disobey the message. 
But you are a chosen people. How do you know you're chosen? You're here. A royal priesthood. Kings and priests. What do kings have? A few words. Shout them out. What do kings have? A kingdom. You have a kingdom. It's the kingdom that belongs to the kingdom of kings. Authority. Kings have authority. They can say, this needs to happen right now. You have authority from God, except that that is the ultimate authority that can actually tell kings what to do. What else do kings have? Sorry? A crown. You have a crown. Wealth. A robe. A robe of righteousness. A crown of life. A crown that we're going to throw at the feet of Jesus. Because it, the crown that you're wearing right now, is, it, it's amazing. It's beautiful of, of all the glorious things you've done in holiness. But when we get to God, this beautiful crown, we're just like, it's nothing compared to Jesus. And we'll want to give, because the crown will sum up everything we've done in Christ. And we'll throw it at his feet. Hallelujah. Yes, all these things. Wealth. Yes, we're supposed to have wealth, but not just the monetary wealth, though that we have as well, but the wealth of all the riches of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We won't go very further on that, but you are a king and you are a priest. What does a priest do? A priest ministers to God for, on behalf of the people. We're the priests of Scarborough. We minister and pray to God for God to move in this town and for God to be with the people that are in his church. We call upon God. We pray. We intercede. We, we worship. That's what the priests do. We're even high priests in the sense because we can go right through into that most holy place. And Jesus is the, called the great high priest because he's over all of us. Hallelujah. God's special possession. I remember once talking on what, what's God got in his back pocket years ago, probably at the library when we were there. And that, the whole thing, of, I don't think I answered the question for ages, but it, it's, it's, it's like it's a photo of you that he takes out and shows everybody because he's, he thinks you're so amazing. Have you seen my Nigel? Do you know what? He's, yeah, isn't he gorgeous? Can <laughs> you imagine that God says that about you? Isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> it's worth it <laughs> isn't he gorgeous yeah what's God got in his back pocket a photograph of you it's like, the, it's like what every proud parent or grandparents we're worse you know maybe it's not in your back pocket maybe it's in your wallet have you seen my grandchildren because to me they are the most beautiful people in the world there will never be anybody as gorgeous and as wonderful and as perfect and as cute as they are. So obviously you want to see a photo of them. <laughs> but God's a lot more perfect than me. And he loves you a lot more than even I could ever love my grandchildren. Yeah. Have you seen my Karina? Isn't she gorgeous? What's God got in his back pocket? You. A photo of you. You're always before him. You're always in front of him. He's always remembering you. He's, you're his chosen possession. Hallelujah. 
a holy nation. That you may declare, ah, here we are, this is, we're getting there. You may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness. Wake up, sleeper! Called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. You're shining right now. Once you were not a people. Once you were just a bunch of individuals. But now you are the people of God. You are a people that God has called together to show, to demonstrate, to be a picture of God himself. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. I like the Eastern understanding of mercy. It's, it's much greater depth than we've kind of inherited in the West. Often mercy is not much more than God saying, yes, all right, you're forgiven. But in the, in the East, mercy is something that God gives you. It is, it's, it's, it's sometimes you get it with the word justification and somebody will say, just as if I'd never sinned. But it's so much more than that. It's placing you back in an intimate, honored position with God. It's more than just as if I'd never sinned because you did sin. That's why it's so amazing. You did sin. And then you are restored. And it's mercy that takes you from that place here and places you that there. Then we live our lives out by grace. But it's mercy that puts us in the place before God. It's mercy that washes us in the blood. And mercy has the same, it's, it's the same root word as oil. And oil is constantly used in the Bible to reference the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out of the anointing. Once you had not received the anointing, once you had not received the Spirit of God, once you had not been justified, once you had not been taken out of darkness and placed into light, once you had not been filled continuously with the oil that is God, but now you have. Now you have received mercy. That's why the Jesus prayer, you're not constantly praying, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, as in, I hope you hurry up and forgives me. It's, it's acknowledging the position he's placed you in. It's constantly receiving the oil. You can, you, it, when you're together, you're, you, you, it's, it's used to have mercy on us because you're asking for the mercy of God, the oil of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit to be upon all of us together so that the world can see the light. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, worship team. Hallelujah. So now we worship God as his chosen children. Hallelujah. He doesn't look down and think, oh, okay, I can put up with this lot. He's, he's like, wonderful. The Lord rejoices over you with dancing and singing. Zephaniah 3.17. He's already excited and happy. Hallelujah. Don't wait for this worship team. Do as some are already doing. Just begin to praise. Just begin to worship. Give him the glory. Go into a prophetic song. Hallelujah. Go right now into the holy place. You don't need to be led by man. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Receive mercy, and you have received mercy.
and you stand in the presence of the Holy Trinity. You stand in the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because God is here. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, keep praising Him. Don't wait for the band. Hallelujah. Live my 
Heaven, and to declare your 
The name of Jesus brings healing. The name of Jesus sets the captives free. The name of Jesus sets people free from themselves and from their fears. The name of Jesus sets people free. It says in John 14, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. In the name of Jesus, this town can dramatically change and it will in the name of Jesus. There is such power in his name and praying his name. We don't need fancy prayers. Just praying, just, just declaring his name. In the name of Jesus, things will change. Things must change. They must bow to his name, to his light. The darkness must flee. To the name of Jesus, the darkness must flee. I hope this is all right. 
I just feel like God's telling us that we just need to declare the name of Jesus right now over this town over this nation we just need to declare the name of Jesus we just need to declare that he is king that he is Lord Jesus you are king of kings and you are Lord of lords Jesus 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 you are king you are king Jesus in the name of Jesus Stacy beat you by about half a second I was going to pick this microphone up and say there's power in the name of Jesus. And uh, I was then going to add that 1,700 years ago, when the Jesus prayer was taught, they would teach that you pray this because there is power in the name of Jesus. And everything that Stacy just said... I don't have to repeat, but that's what they expected as they prayed, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. They expected all the powers of the enemy to flee. They expected healings to be released. They expect people to be saved. They expect God to take over areas. And it was a very common way that they would pray to prepare for whatever they were going to do. Because there was power, and there is power, in the name of Jesus. So I love the fact that you got it exactly the same time. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Because when you realize how powerful the name of Jesus is, and what you are praying, it's like, have mercy. How how can I even mention this? You remember the Jewish people would not talk of of, of God's name because they were terrified of the power of God's name. So they didn't use it. And our best impression now is Yahweh. But the name of Jesus is the same name. Jesus is Yahweh. Lord Jesus Christ, when believers pray that name, the power, the glory, the mercy, the anointing, the kingdom of God is released. Hallelujah. So we're going to use that prayer. It's a surrender to God because when you pray, you have, you can't tell God what he's got to do. You know, when we're praying, do this God, do this God, do this God, and we should, that's declaration. But in this, it's a surrender because you're saying, you do it, God. It's like praying in tongues when you don't know what to say. It's that kind of prayer. I don't know what to say. I, I look out at this town and I think, I don't know what to pray sometimes, but the Holy Spirit does. So let the Holy Spirit ignite you now. When we say have mercy on us, let's stand in the us that is the people of this area, the people of this town, the people of, the, 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 of Yorkshire. Have mercy on us. Place us in that position of holiness together with all those who are not yet there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you just keep playing, we'll sing it. I'll work out to fit in with your music in a minute. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus Christ, Son. 
Jesus is rebuking the enemy and the power of Jesus is being made manifest as we pray it. But the other reason or another part of using this prayer was to continue that work of being transformed from glory to glory. That was very much part of what this prayer was used for. And so when you, when we, we'll go back and we'll sing it as we were singing it. But being transformed from glory to glory 
is by having your focus on Jesus. So try and not allow your mind now to think about anything else but Jesus. You can focus on each word, Lord, Jesus, Christ, and just focus completely on those words and realize the power of God that is released in that name of Jesus. So don't let, try not let your mind wander at all and focus as God continues that work of transformation, sanctification from glory to glory in you, even as, as we submit to God, we are resisting the enemy and he's fleeing from everything. This is releasing healings, this is releasing salvations, this is releasing provision, this is releasing opportunities. And all we have to do is focus on Jesus.
voices now. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.